Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. David. Because we're talking about the Fantastic Beasts series this month, I guess you could say. And this week we're talking about the brand new entry, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And I'm going to read the little logline on Letterboxd here to give the plot. In an effort to thwart Grindelwald's plans of raising pureblood wizards to rule over all non-magical beings, Albus Dumbledore enlists his former student, Newt's commander, who agrees to help. He's unaware of the dangers that lie ahead. Lines are drawn as love and loyalty are tested, even among the truest of friends and family in an increasingly divided wizardy world. So that is where we're at. We all just saw this movie this weekend as of recording this, so take the takes are fresh. Who mm -hmm. wants anyone dying? I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear from one of you guys. What do you say? One of us? I think, Josh, I think you should set the tone. Okay, typically I, I, I go last, so I'm okay with that. I feel like this needs a lot of, like, disclaimers. First disclaimer. I have said in the last two episodes that when I saw the both previous movies in theaters, I enjoyed them a lot and my opinion later changed. First disclaimer. Second disclaimer. I feel like there is a long list of reasons why I should not like this movie. But I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah. I had yeah. a good time. I enjoyed it. I had a, like a, a short list of things I wanted to see them do to switch directions, and they checked several of those. It was not perfect. I wouldn't say it was great by any means. And I have a list of issues. But it, I think it was better than I expected. Honestly, to go through the few, a few things, that I, I wanted them to tie it back into the Harry Potter lore that people know so well. And I enjoyed seeing that in the sense of some locations. We spend some time at Hogwarts. We spend some, spend some time in Hogsmeade. Um, we get some familiar character cameos pop up. Some are better than others. Some of them were a little too fan servicey for me, but whatever. But others I enjoyed as they worked them into a nice role in the film, mainly Albus's brother. And I wanted less credence, and I got a lot less credence. And it looks like I'm going to get even less credence if this continues. So I'm good with that. And finally, Mads Mikkelsen, I felt like was an improvement on Johnny Depp's version. I thought he was far more menacing. And I thought he and Jude Law had a pretty good connection. So overall, I enjoyed it, but I know that I have a lot of problems. That's the tone I'm setting. <laughs> I think that's all pretty fair. I think that's all fair. I, I will, let me, uh, before Garrett and, and Nikki go, I want, I'll set a, a slightly different tone for it because while I thought this was mostly fine, I am going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite because I feel like if I'd watched this without having seen the other two movies, I probably wouldn't have had any problems. But since we just watched the first two movies, I felt like there was in an effort to make something to fix, I think, what complaints people had. I do feel like they, in an unsatisfactory way, did, did not really close a lot of threads that they had set up in Crimes of Grindelwald. Now, we talked about last week how we didn't like the second one as much as the first. And I would say, and I still stand by that, but it's just weird to me that some of those storylines were just wholesale abandoned or went out like a fizzle. And while I appreciate some of the stuff they brought in, it felt to me like a lot of the characters, some of the characters, some, partic some particular characters, went from all of a sudden having a ton of, of prominence in the story to almost no prominence in the story. And so I feel like they gave me what I want in, in ways. And then, yeah, like it felt, and then by doing so, it undermined, I think, 
what they were doing a little bit, which I'll, I can expand on later, but I'm really interested to hear. So I, I'm like you, Josh, I'm a little bit middle of the road on it. I don't think it was bad, but I am a little bit, I am a little bit of disappointed range. Garrett, what'd you think? I think disappointed is fair. I would say, I, I want to give disclaimers too, because I think my critiques come in a movie form and then in a franchise form. And so movie wise, I think this is a good movie. Overall, like it's a good, I think that this, if you would have given me this first, I'd be very excited moving forward. I think that this movie, like you said, David, is trying to fix what people didn't like about the first two movies. And I think it fixed it to a level where I don't even need the first two. I think that there is zero importance to the story moving forward that those first two don't matter. I think that they abandoned those storylines and I think that they were like, okay, we're going to just shift the entire focus away from what we've been doing and really go somewhere else with it and make a lot of those people who you thought were going to be lead characters, more supporting characters and lean back into this whole thing. So you can go watch those other two movies, but they're not going to matter. Moving forward, this story, uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald is all that matters. Nothing before this matters in my opinion, based on where I assume the stories come. But because this movie leaned into those things, you got more of those things. And so if you look at this movie as a standalone film, I think that it's fine. I think I look at it as a franchise and go, I don't want any more. Just stop what you're doing. You clearly had no idea what you were doing. And I think that could be a problem with Rowling as, an, as a movie writer, whereas as a Book franchise, I see, I think I can see this working because she would have more time to flesh out these characters and we can see a little bit more, but she's got to condense so much into these movies. And I think it's just, I don't think it's translating because I can see where the final movie, all of the pieces tie together and it makes sense, but I don't care at this point in time. So stop while you end it on a decent note and then shift over to something. Okay, that was how I felt for most of the movie. Just, okay, I did eventually decide that I liked it. It took entire too, entirely too long to win me over. I, I don't think I... Like, I was enjoying myself and I was watching it. I don't think that I personally liked it until after the candidate's dinner, which is a very long time to go. I do like it. I do think it was an improvement from Crimes of Grindelwald. And I didn't hate Crimes of Grindelwald. There's a lot I don't like about it, but I didn't hate it. Um, gosh, I don't really know where I want to start. I liked, uh, uh, Garrett, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up because it was a big criticism you had in the first two. I do feel like they listened to the criticism that there were not enough Fantastic Beasts in the Fantastic Beast series. There were more of them in this movie. And I enjoyed that. I felt like they found this nice balance between featuring the beast, including having a Fantastic Beast be part of the climax of the film, versus this Dumbledore story that they, I'm going to go a little shameless here, they equivocated to us. Because come on, it, the whole thing is a giant equivocation. They told us that they were going to tell the Fantastic Beast story, but they wanted to just tell a Dumbledore. That's what ha that's what happened. And I'm 
fine with that because we knew, and this was something that I thought about a lot while we were watching it, we knew that Dumbledore's story was great and it was worthy of telling. We knew that. So I'm happy to get the story. I just wish that they had just told us from the start that's what it was. And that's a feeling that never went away. Um, I, I'm going to echo what David said. There were a lot of the things that they left off at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald that we've spent four years now thinking, because it was 2018, right? So four years now thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like Queenie's gone and Lita very clearly, we couldn't tell who she was saying I love you to. There's all, and Previs is a Dumbledore, what? And and I'm actually happy with that answer. I'm okay with that answer. And I feel like I was right because it was a lie. He wasn't a brother of them. He was Aberforth's son. And I do think that's interesting. So I feel like I was right. I was very disappointed that Theseus and Newt just dropped the Lita thing. I was fully expecting there to be some kind of awkwardness between them because Theseus's fiance very clearly told them both that she loved them, wasn't really definitive with either one, and that was a non-issue. It didn't come up at all. There was no tension there. I think that is their way of writing Lita out of the story altogether. I don't think she's coming back. I think she's done, she wasn't in this movie, and I think the character that existed in this movie who was there and went with uh, Grindelwald, whose name they said like maybe once, his uh, mind being removed of his sister, I think was symbolic of no more. Bye-bye. And I don't I'm think he's coming back. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But I still wish that there had been some kind of answer there of, dude, my fiance was in love with you. That's there, a problem. There, That is a problem for me as well, is that it did feel like, and maybe it's a part of this idea of the plot that like, hey, so we've gotten in some spoilers already, but the part of the plot, Grindelwald can see the future and what they're going to do. And so this team that has been brought together, which there's a lot of like people saying things and the people immediately repeating things that was annoying in this movie. But there was all these people come together and they have to use confusion and countersight. So that means nobody really gets to know the full plan. I feel like for me as an audience member, it meant that nobody... It didn't feel like anybody had any, nobody, everybody was like missing some agency because they're like all like just running around with this secret plan that even they don't know. So it felt like they all felt aloof and I felt aloof. The character you brought up, Garrett, whose first name I forget, I'll call him Frenchie Lestrange. He was Lita's brother. This man had two lines in the whole movie. He just walked around not talking for an entire film. It was like he didn't need to be there. It was a very strange. The whole, whole purpose made no sense. He, made, he had a line at the beginning where he goes, Other than for him where, to where he says, I have what I need. That was like his big line. I have what I need. And he said that 20 minutes into the movie and then man never spoke, spoke again. I also feel I, like I'm really disappointed that Queenie, who made this big turn to the dark side at the end of the last movie, she has four lines in the movie and she just occasionally she pokes her head into a scene and then they really make like they haven't. They, she has a nice moment with Jacob at the end where she comes back, but it's such an afterthought and it's I like him. We talked about it in the last two. I like Jacob, and Jacob got a lot of focus here, but the other half of Jacob's story from the first one to this one has been his relationship with Queenie and loving this you know, woman who is in another world. And it's part of the, the, the closing of this film is them getting married, 
and she did n- almost nothing in this movie. She's barely featured as a character. When we can get into the t- talking about like her sister and why Tina was written out of this movie a little bit later, but between those two and yeah, the credence thing, I felt like when you end your second movie in a, in a, for now we'll say trilogy with a big cliffhanger ending, like you're tumbled. That's a, that's like a huge thing. And credence was literally did, had nothing to do in this movie. He had very little to do. And they, his story goes out with a fizzle, like quite literally, he has one moment where they, he confronts Albus and he, Albus just says, yeah, Hey, here's uh, here's the truth. And credence doesn't really question it. He just goes, Oh, okay. And he just limps on to the end of the film where he has very little impact in the overall story, which, so it feels like they, I feel like a hypocrite because I did not care about Credence. I made the joke in the first one. I wasn't really invested in his story in the second one, but I just feel like from an audience standpoint for, if you want to move on, do the story and do it well, and then move on, have his, he can still end, his story can still end in this third movie, but don't just go, okay, I'm going to quietly underwrite this character for this whole film because n- nobody likes him. Like, finish it and then move I, on. I think his story has ended, which Josh hinted at. I, I, I do. Think, I think it has ended, especially with all the drama. So I think I agree. if there is a fourth one, it's just going to be, okay, he died. And I'm fine with the way that, I'm fine with the, so they basically gave us the synopsis of what his ending is, and I'm fine with that. But play it out. They basically introduce the details of this big secret about this, you know, mysterious Dumbledore in the most banal ways they could. It's just, he's, he's your son. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. To, and then it's just, there's no impact to it. And it to counter like, slightly, I don't give a shit. Don't. I wanted less credence and that made me glad that he went out with a whimper. I don't want you to spend more time fleshing out credence's story because I want him gone. I agree with where you start, but we differ on the finish. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I, this I movie to me feels like it has been a situation where they had two movies that existed and we are done with those. And now we are focusing on this new story. Um, hey. All of this other stuff, we're either just letting go and dropping and we're, we're not where we ignore it. And we move on to this new story where we look at how they do uh, that. Grindelwald and Dumbledore are going to fight and we ignore everything else. All of that other stuff is just behind us now. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think then then do that. Don't underwrite your third story, your third part of your story. Either do it, drop it, say we're not even going to talk about it or finish it. Don't underwrite it. And that's what they did here. They were like, oh, we'll just half-ass it because a half-assing the problem. And this is why I believe that the first two movies don't matter because they summarized everything within the first. You need to know who the side characters are. Newt is now a side character. Jacob now a side character. The the stars of these movies moving forward are Albus and Gilwork. That's the, they're the stars. Everyone else is featured like that. They have shifted it mm. and that's where they go moving forward. Like they summarize Jacob in the meeting of the new character again, whose name I don't remember. Everything you need to know about Jacob, they gave you in 15 minutes and like a 15 minutes up. Everything you need to know about Newt, they gave you in a 15 minutes up. I do the Fantastic Beast element. I want to live in a world where I have the Fantastic Beasts. And this Grindelwald story, I don't want them to be meshed together. But like, I gave up on the fact that we're focusing on Fantastic Beasts. We're now focusing on this story. And that's okay. I've moved on. But Josh, you said, let do we, do we yeah, talk a lot about that? I just things. think that's too harsh. That's the way, that's the way, that's the way they've done it. 
I, I don't I, agree. I, I still don't think that Newt is a side character in the least in this movie. I think, Gary, you're implying that he was. You're implying that uh, in any future of this franchise is the, mo- the stories about Dumbledore and Newt may appear in it. Yep. Or he may not. That's exactly what I get. think is Lewis. Whether you think I, spin I think off, gonna, I think spin that, Newt back off into his own series and then have two separate series going on. I agree. But we, we uh, I, again, we feel like we've bashed this movie for a long time, but we did say the movie itself was better. And Maybe so was, I, I very much enjoyed Matt's and his performance. I thought he was violent. He is I so, cannot believe the face. I, I, I see it grimace. He and I was know so think. extremely good. You know, I feel like we were, and listen, if you've seen Matt Mickelson and anything else, We've seen him be terrifying. Mm-hmm. He can be menacing. He can be a villain. He can be all of those things. I really wanted two things. And, and we've talked about this a little bit. I wanted to see what it was about him that appealed to Albus in the first place, why he loved him. And I wanted to see why he was a threat and why he was bad and why he was not someone that we should mess with. Instead, I feel like we were told both of those things over and over again and not shown. We were told that Albus was in love with him. And I do believe that. I don't believe we were ever shown why. I believe we were told Grindelwald would be a very bad dude and we don't want him to take over. I don't think he did anything in this movie that shows me why I would not want him to do any of the things he wants to do other than the things I already know about him based on what they said happened in the original Harry Potter books and based on what we saw in the first two movies. I I would agree that we are arguing two different things about bad story writing and performance. I am saying that his performance as Grindelwald was better than Johnny Depp's. Okay, that's fair. That's that's, That's fair. With what he was given, did he do a good job? Sure. But again, I feel like we were told this is a bad dude that you do not yeah, want to sure. But I'm just talking I about think, Mance. I'm talking about specifically yeah. Mance's performances and not his underwritten character. Like okay. his delivery and his actionable. The man cut Bambi and his, his Bambi's throat spoiler. Like that, yeah, was, I would, that was aw- that was horrifying for yeah, especially horrifying. Yeah. That was pretty heartbreaking. I think it was serviceable. I don't think it was anything very spectacular. I think it's just really fascinating how they've written Grindelwald so inconsistently and maybe not inconsistently like in a bad way but like from the Colin Farrell portrayal to the Johnny Depp portrayal to this trail it's three different guys and it's not even just about performance in the second movie he's so maniacal he's so theatrical in the second movie in the first movie he's so secretive and so like under like he's constantly hiding in shadows and lurking and he's so subversive in the way he like talks to Tina and the way he talks to Kowalski he seems almost trustworthy in a weird way and in this one he's so just like he's much more pulled back he's much more reserved he's much more clinical in the way he goes about what he's going to do it's just so strange that I'm really disappointed they didn't do that thing we talked about where they show like the back of his head morphing into this new version because it is so jarring the difference between him in the second movie and him in the third. And it's not just the performance because I think Johnny Depp performs what's how the character is portrayed in the second one about as good as you can do. His characters like 
wizard Hitler and he acts like wizard Hitler in the second one. And in this one, he's much more calculating and much more reserved. And I think Mads is great whenever he, you can give Mads could, can read box office stats and it'll be compelling. It's, it's hard to beat. I do hope they recast him in the fourth one, but some, with just keep keep that, just keep that, just keep this dumb bit going at this point. Yeah. I almost feel like with a lot of the things that they were trying, and I thought this a lot through the first half, the thought went away in the second half when I finally decided, okay, I'm good with this. But in the first half, I almost felt like they were trying too hard. They were trying so hard to fix a lot of what didn't work that it was too much in some ways. And I thought there is a good story here, but you're not wanting to run with it the way that you could. And I think that's the problem that the entire franchise has. But yeah, I, I think a lot of that is why I'm happy to give it a little bit of leeway here. I, I have I've been playing the role of lone defender and that is fine. But I do want to make clear that the best analogy I can think of to this is if you're a train car and you're off the track and on fire. I feel like this movie put it back on track, but it is still yeah. on fire. Yeah. You know what? You're I'm not- like, I like where I like the changes and okay. I like. The hint of where we might be going, but I still acknowledge that you're on fire and it wasn't good. Here's where I'm not giving it that same leeway because this is the third movie and you're just realizing it was on fire. And again, you're starting over. I promise you. If I'm wrong, then then I well, I think the reason why I'm leeway is this is a completely different thing, and you will not need those first two movies. I promise you, they're unnecessary. Okay. When Warner Brothers ever makes a good series of movies, I will stop giving them leeway on multiple sequels failing, is what I'll say to that. So when I hear that, I go, oh, yeah, I, I, I know that it takes six movies. For but I'm done. I don't care. Like, I want this story, but I'm so but, tired of it. I'm so tired of it. And again, Garrett, that's my frustration here, is instead of cutting and running in the middle of the movie, because that's what they did with a lot of this, Finish out the story you're going to tell, and then you have to say, "Hey, we're transitioning out. This movies, these movies are going to be about Dumbledore. We finished out the story we wanted to tell with this uh, Credence character and all these other and Jacob Kowalski and Queenie and all these stories. Finish that out strong, and then say, now we're moving on.' This felt like they were get, they gave up halfway through. It feels like a movie that was rewritten. Like it feels like there are pieces of an older movie that are still in there, and they rewrote it halfway through. It probably so it was. was. Look at how long it was made. To me, this movie, to me, this movie, Josh, you compared it to, to what a, a train car. This movie to me is a decorative fruit bowl with very little fruit in it. It is nice. It looks nice, but there's not as much there, I think, to grab onto as there could be. Mm-hmm. Where do we go with, where does this go moving forward? Because if new, uh, here's where I think that we're going to start. They, they, it, we start movie four with. Newt doing things, and then once again he's pulled in back for this war, and then we focus on that. That's where I think it goes. That's I think that's I think that's what they're gonna do. Or maybe they'll focus on Dumbledore for the first half, and then he realizes he need he needs Newt, and he calls Newt in, and everybody cheers because Newt Newt's commander's back. I don't know. Uh, I just I, don't see him as a hero anymore. He, I, I, I don't see him as the main protagonist. Definitely. I hope you're right because I kept having the thought it's not impossible or unlikely that this is the last one it's not see that's how i feel too because i felt like the ending was i feel like they did something to the ending to make it be able to serve as a finale if necessary if it has to but i hope i kept thinking to myself especially as we got closer and closer to the end i really hope it's not i really hope it's not the end because there is a lot more story there 
that we can and deserve to see those of us who've been a fan of these people. Okay, before we run out of time, though, we have got to talk about the ridiculousness that is the idea that Dumbledore is pure of heart. Yeah, I, I was know. surprised by that, too. It took... I realize I'm a dramatic person. I'm going to be dramatic for a second. All of the restraint that I have ever had in my entire life, it took all of that to resist, like, scoffing and pointing and laughing and saying, I'm sorry, what? Especially when I have the two people next to me who I don't know how what level of fandom they are, but these two people, old, definitely older than us, sitting next to me going, Oh, listen, the moment they missed, they set up this whole movie for that chitlin to bow to Jacob. No, like, they set up that whole movie for and every, the moment that they should have happened. And yep. that would have been great. And yep. then Jacob could have been like, oh, the guy, I don't think I can do that. And then everyone's like, oh, naturally, yep. there's got to be yep. somebody. And then you do the same thing. I agree. Because when they pointed that out, they said it's someone who's pure of heart. Very, very few people have that. And then the next moment is Jacob having this super sweet, pure dance with this little deer creature and i thought and you and, already and, and it's dumbledore telling him that he has a very full heart and that not very many people have right and then right. he forgives queenie for joining wizard hitler with no problem with no it no real qualms about her so all this foreshadowing all this setup of grindelwald hating no magics and muggles and then the, the magical creature kneels to the pure of heart i'm gonna flip the table Yes, and he, 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 like, you know, and he stands up to him, but he's, he's anyway, and he, he gets the Cruciatus curse, which is a big Harry Potter fan. I know that is one of the three unforgivable curses. And I didn't have to have anybody tell me that at all. And it's I that gasped one. when he said Crucio and I think I was. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I went. Oh, and that was like one of the only times that he showed us he was a bad guy. But no, for then Dumbledore to say, oh, no, it's not me. It has to be somebody else. And then the chilling to get up and go. Yeah, you're right. It's Santos. I was Nikki like, tells me, that moment yeah. was completely unnecessary. It was. I yeah. It was like it was definitely. I think there's. I think there's a thing that J.K. is trying to convince us of because she did have a part in writing this. Yeah, is that is that Dumbledore? That he's not a good guy. I know, but there's a key thing that that Dumbledore. There's a key phrasing that Dumbledore introduces into this movie. That's do what's right and not what's easy. And that's probably in his head all of his justification for all anything that you could say he did that was the wrong or that seems like a wrong decision is him saying it was the right thing to do was to do this and do that and do that. The easy thing would have been to do whatever your suggestion was, whatever dumb suggestion you're going to throw out about how I should have handled the Harry Potter situation or whatever is the easy way and not the right way. That's probably how JK thinks on that. It allows, note, her, to, it allows her to be a lazy writer. Uh, have to end the show, which is fine because this movie just came out. So we don't have box office numbers. And we don't no. really have a good scale of what people think of it either. $20 million opening day. That's awesome. We know that. And we know that it's like critics don't like it and audiences are mixed. What else is new? Uh, two and a half from me. Oh, yeah. It's a generous two and a half. It's a three yeah. for me, dog. It's a generous My inner child two. was pleased. It's a generous three, three for me as well. A three and a half. Three and a half for me. Okay. There okay. you go. Very nice. Visit us online at so sequels.com. And we'll see you guys next week when we start something new. Bye, Fantastic Beasts. Thanks for having me.